HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Are you a business owner? This spring, amplify your business and support HRN's mission by becoming a business member. HRN is dedicated to spotlighting small businesses that keep our communities vibrant. With a $500 business membership, HRN can shine a light on your work and you can help sustain our mission to transform the way people think about food. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, your business will receive on-air mentions, social media posts, listings on our website, and more. You will also play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org biz to become a business member today. That's heritageradionetwork.org B-I-Z. My name is Courtney Shizzle Magrini. I'm the executive editor of 750 Daily and Beverage Media Group. Um, and I'm joined here by three phenomenal growers today. And we're going to talk about Carignan. Um, so I'd love for you to each introduce yourselves and your wineries. Okay, so hello, everybody. My name is Ferran Lacruz, and I am a grower in Catalonia in, in, in an area that is called Panavés, which is more or less located 50 kilometers south of Bar- south, Bar- south Barcelona. And well, it's, it's basically known as the area of, of Cava, but uh, so- sometimes we have this kind of bad reputation because Cava sometimes is known as this uh, area of, of lots of bottles and lots of grapes, but uh, we try to show that from these areas it's also in- interesting to, to, to offer other views, to offer other other, other intentions and, and to try to, to enhance areas that maybe has had like a bad heritage. So our goal there is, is try to, to produce honest wines, wines which, which we believe in. And, and yes, uh, in 2018, we start with this idea, with this motivation on trying to, to make these wines to, which were like representative of, of Panamés. And yeah, that's basically a, a bit and brief introduction to, to our, our goal. Fantastic. Hello, you and me? <laughs> I'm France, I'm working very close to, uh, to you, in the uh, Catalonia Francaise. And we have uh, Carignan, is a very local grape. And uh, it was nearly killed by the cooperative system. But happily, we, we keep it on uh, very poor ground and uh, just another vinification. 
And uh, I I come from another part of France, but uh, I start I start in two in 26 uh, in Roussillon area, and I'm by old Carignan, very old. And I try to uh, to find a good expression. Thank you. Wonderful. Uh, William with. William with two shepherds. <laughs> I am from the Russian River Valley in Sonoma. Uh, this is our fourth raw New York and our 13th vintage. So we started as a little teeny winery making 175 cases. Today we're at about 4,000 or uh, I have to convert that to bottles. 48,000 bottles <laughs> to speak bilingually of these things, the liters and everything else. Um, so we specialize in our own varieties. Um, and in the case of the Carignan, it's not uncommon in California. We don't own the vineyard. We'll talk about whether this we lease it, but we do grow two varieties on the small piece of property. Um, I didn't come from a multi-generational wine family. It wasn't inherited any land. And land is about $200,000 an acre in California in Sonoma to plant, so just a little tiny bit. Fantastic. So before we start pouring some wine today, I'd love to talk with you all a little bit about Carignan in general. You know, we're looking at two regions in which Carignan is fairly um, uh, important locally and one region in which it's kind of an anomaly. So um, tell us a little bit about how Carignan performs in the vineyard and then also in the cellar. Cool, so in my case, firstly, I would like to introduce a bit the backgrounds of Carignan Blanc because Carignan Blanc is a great that it's nearly kind of lost but it's funny because at the mid, uh, like at the middle of the last century, so around 1950, I, I mean, it was registered that we were talking about almost two hectares in the wall of Carignan Blanc. And nowadays we are basically talking about almost 200 hectares. So we, there we can see that, that something happened. And basically this thing that happened, it's, it's, it's social economist. Uh, grades which were much, much more productive and, and grades which were, let's say, much more resistant and easy to work in the vineyards were the ones which replaced all these Carignan Blanc hectares. So it, it happens in Carignan Blanc, but it happens in other, in other grades, but focusing on that one, it, it really happened this. So, uh, talking about Carignan and talking about my area, um, I have to say that, that nowadays Carignan Blanc is not really uh, typic there, but it used to be, because of course we are talking about a Mediterranean grape, and before Philoxera, it was spread out through the whole Mediterranean shore. Uh, nowadays, it's basically focused on the south of France, uh, also North Catalonia. Uh, but I thought that it could be a really interesting grape to plant in our, in our region, basically because Panadès every year is warmer and warmer, every year it's raining more, uh, sorry, it's raining, it, it's raining the less. So it's kind of difficult to arrive at this really interesting brightness point of good alcohol and good acidity, and also having a good phenolic, a good skin. So, so with a, sometimes with our local grapes, this is turning something a bit difficult. And I start looking for grapes which could have this skill of keeping good freshness, keeping good acidity, and having the skill to, to arrive at a good maturation point. And I notice and I hear about Carignan, and I and, and I start getting informed about about this about this grape. And eight years ago, we decided to plant uh, this 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 grape in our area. So how is this grape? It's basically a grape that, that when in a young stage is so productive, it's really productive. 
so so somehow if you want to achieve a, a quality wine of this grape you need to to balance the vineyard to need, you need to stop a bit the vineyards and, and and make down a bit all these profits so we planted in a really calcaric soil basically in panadesa our soils are argilo calcare so we look we we try to locate the parcel that we have that was much more calcare to stop a bit this plant and to slow down and to slow down all this powerful that, that it's having and then we we also decide at, at least at the moment to work in a training system which is a double bouillot so it's a system that every year you need to construct the skeleton of the plant so it's a way to stop all this vegetal force that the plant is having so yes this is this is how how it's planned and and indeed it, it's it's working good we try to i mean we're having low profits but we also try to 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 make a really good green pruning because it's so sensitive to all this humidity in my area even though it's not raining people could think wow this is a place that that it's not it's easy to water the vineyards because it's not raining and, and we're not having really much humidity but we do have because we live 15 kilometers away from the mediterranean sea so all the wind is coming and this wind is humid so our percentage of humidity is we talk about an 85 percent of humidity and that's and that's important that's a lot so when we have this humidity and we have warm that's the festival for the fungus so we <laughs> it, 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 it's really like this that's why we really try to have the vineyard ventilated because this grape it's a i, I don't know if you have in mind the grape macabo which is so stuck which is all the grapes are so together so macarignan blanc it's kind of the same so we try to have it ventilated to 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 let the grape be healthy and to let the grape be uh, like develop and, and have a good uh, um, ripening process. And then in winery, um, it is a really reductive grape, really reductive. So we work it in a way which is a macerated um, um, Carignan Blanc. So we, our, our idea always is to bring clean wines on the table. And we really try to be careful on the reductions to not have a, like an endemic reduction in, in the wine. And, and yes, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's so reductive, but it's a, it's a grape that, uh, due to its acidity, it has a really, really big bottle potential. So we can enjoy it now, but I'm sure that if we drink wines from Carignan Blanc from, from all vintages, the wines will be so alive because it's so, it's so gentle and it's so cool to have the opportunity of working with this grape. Because for, for, for me, it's, it's the way to, to keep on making like high quality wines in our area areas which are which are warm fantastic i know that we talked a lot about um uh, cajoloni specifically i'm going to start pouring your wine if that's okay while both of you talk a little bit more about how you approach carignan in, in your vineyards does that work yep. perfect then yes uh, i can i can follow what uh, what would you say what you say and uh, in my place, we are quite high place. Um, I, um, it's quite dry and it's, it's quite uh, ventilated with a north, most main north wind. And, but it is changing with the changing of the climate. And yes, it's important to have a very ventilated climate. I observe the, the old vines in Carignan, I use Carignan Noir. I will have some Carignan Blanc, but I, I use black Carignan. And all um, vines, we can have very old vines with Carignan. They, they are very 
adapted with our climate. And they were planted uh, in the past and on square, very straight, as the, the horse can, can pass. And then we, we work a lot by hand. And the first enemy of vines is tractor, is engine, because we, we often um, hurt. And pruning is absolutely uh, necessary to get, to get fruit, but it's also a way to, um, it's a way to, it's, a, it's really the, uh, <laughs> the contact with, uh, with human and uh, vegetables, the pruning. It makes fruit, it makes the verticality, and we can uh, make, uh, we can make, uh, like, prune as a bush, and it's a very good uh, conduit to, to longevity. And we have a lot of very old vines in Carignan Noir, Carignan. And it is, it is a pruning which allows some, during summer, some shadow and, and some, some light moving. And it's, it makes it uh, good for the vines and for the soil too. If you have a, a, a large bush with a, a shadow on, on the ground when it is very hot, very, very interesting for growing and for last, to have uh, some vines last. And in my case, we have very poor uh, soil. It's more acidic, it's more nice soil I have. It's a mix of metamorphic soil, very, very draining. And it makes, uh, you have each foot of vines as an individual and makes its taste finally in all vines. And when we have an old parcel of wines, it's like an assemblage with uh, all, all the vines. Then uh, it's in interesting to, to work by hand and we, we can do it on, on some very old uh, parcel. Then I have here, you test, I have a young canyon and a, on the granite and old canyon in nice soil. And you have two profiles very different. Okay. Is it back on? All right. Um, so I've only, I've been lucky in that. And I started working with Carignan in 2013. 13, I started in 2010, and I just lucked out. And it's actually somewhat the nature of the beast in California. So the vineyard that we leased, um, which we share with one other winery, is about 45 minutes north in Hopland, Mendocino, on the eastern side of Mendocino, which is an extreme hot Mediterranean climate. And the reality of Carignan in California is a similar stories in some of France and Spain, is that in the 70s we had over 28,000 acres or 11,000 hectares Today we have 2,500 acres. So all of the Carignan that is left is primarily old vine. I've got some data. There was, there's been maybe 12 acres in the last two years replanted, so nobody's putting back in Carignan. <clears throat> Frankly, Carignan is uh, it's one of the most exciting varieties I work with. It immediately became, to get this vineyard, we had to agree to take half of a very large, and it was a very tiny winery at the time. So we learned to be very creative with Carignan. We make it three different ways. We're gonna show you our carbonic expression today. It is the perfect grape for California. We should be ripping out Pinot Noir in half the places that it's planted and putting in Carignan. And I've had Pinot Noir growers come to the winery and buy Carignan and Vermentino and I'm like, gee, having a little problem with the heat in your Pinot vineyard, are you? Um, it's resilient, it's easy to grow. 
we'll probably talk about its history. You know, it was its own worst enemy when it's young vine. It's insanely vigorous, so it got this reputation in France and California as a trash wine. And the majority of those 28,000 acres was in the central coast making jug wine. Probably wasn't even very good clones of Carignan. I haven't seen them, but they talk about the old days of, of Grenache in California and Grenache berries the size of golf balls. So we didn't necessarily have the best clonal material 200 years ago. Um, so it's a, it's a phenomenal grape. And it's, uh, I originally was not that in keen with it. It tends to be a grape that is very, can be very big and tannic and expressive. And that's the expressions I've had from all over. And I had a bottle from somebody from this vineyard that was a little bit lighter, which is just my personal palate. And I was like, wow, you can tame this beast. And so I've spent the last eight years trying to tame the beast. Nice. Well, we'll get to see how you tamed it in a little while. But let's talk about the wine in our glasses, since I'm sure if you haven't already, we're all dying to taste it. Um, Fran, tell us a little bit about the origin of this wine. You told us a little bit already, but how long have you been making this wine? Yeah, so this wine, it's the fourth year that I make it. Now you're tasting the third vintage that I make it, so the vintage 2020, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, so yes. Uh, here, the, the intention of this wine, I mean, so, sometimes when we talk about Carignan, the concept that it usually comes to our mind is something much more rustic, something a bit that uh, it's not so gentle, it, it needs time to, 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 to integrate everything. And yes, so, sometimes it's too big, it's true because it's one of the characteristics of this grape, but, but um, here, my, my inspiration here was the fact of making a maceration wine, right? Uh, the, the first, as a curiosity, the, the first year I vinified this, it was in, in 2017, uh, I vinified not as a maceratic wine, I vinified just the, just the little bit that I had as a normal wine, so a, press, so, so a direct press. And the wine was good, the wine was, was interesting. But the next year I thought, why not doing it skin fermented? And, and, and now with experience I think that it's the key, because it's really enhancing all the things of the wine is enhancing the aromatics, is enhancing the mouth, is giving texture. So, so I think that that this grape really deserves this. It's like bringing it at the next level. Here, fo focusing on on that wine, just to explain a bit the vinification, and then if you want, we, we can talk about how this wine is and how it's behaving. So, which is my intention behind here, behind this wine, is basically trying to integrate. A, a, this maceration, so make the maceration be part of the wine and not feeling that the tannins are going in a way and that the wine is going to another one. So basically trying to make a sublime and soft maceration. So I did, uh, I mean, when I received the grapes, when we harvest them, uh, we press the 50%, the other 50% was, was this stem and we mix these both parts. So while the whole fermentation, which lasts for more or less three weeks, we were doing pijage every day, but when the fermentation was over, we decided to move the wine to another tank and keeping just a 30% of the skins. And making a maceration, this vintage was 50 days with the skin. So, so by working with this little amount of skins, what do you gain? You basically gain, it's like cooking in, lo in low temperature. Uh, you cook everything, you cook all the food, but keeping all the aromas, keeping the food much more tasty, much more soft. So it was the same. It was kind of the same inspiration, making a really slow and really slow session of all the skin compounds to make the wine have balance. And then as this grape is so reductive, really reductive. So we decided to stop this maceration the moment that when we have the wine in glass and we move that and we feel that the maceration 
sorry, that the reduction is too hard, this moment is when we say, okay, stop macerating and uh, we start the aging in amphoras because the amphora is a vessel which is so open, the oxygen goes through so easily and is opening up again the wine. And also it's making like rounder this acidity, ma making the wine much more, much more gentle. So yes, it aged around five months in amphora and, and then we just gave bottle to give, to give calm. And well, I think it turned into a, a really gastronomic wine. It turns into a wine that it's showing a lot on the aromatics, but the mouth, I, I think that it's so structured, but it's not these hard tannins that sometimes are, are kind of a bit annoying. So here we just want to make a wine a bit, a bit gentle, a bit, a bit cool and, and, and interesting and show this other phase of, of the Carignan and also of the white wine. It well, it's delicious. Um, how did you first have the idea to work with Carignan Blanc, since it's not so typical? It was basically because I was afraid that if we want to keep on making kind of high-quality wines in my area, I was afraid that maybe Charello wouldn't have the skill of keeping the acidity and, keeping, and also being mature. So, I mean, maybe there is something crazy, but for us it's so difficult to have these levels of freshness with 12 or 12 and a half alcoholic degrees. Because if you go to these levels of, 12, of, of, of alcohol with other grapes in our area, you've got non-acidity. So, so the wine won't be able to, to have bottle potential. So that was a bit the, the idea of, of, of going for Carignan, of, of trying to... It's basically always the goal of making, of enhancing my area. And I think that this is a grape that it really fits well there because it's so, so calcaric. We were basically down, down the sea, so our natural soil is, is, is so calcaric. And it's, and it's really fitting good. And even by, so by, being, by being calcaric, uh, you concentrate even more the grapes. Absolutely. Are there any other growers in your area who have kind of seen what you've done with Carignan Blanc and are, are buying into the idea that it's a good grape for your area? Yes, indeed. Um, a, few, a few growers of the area, they tasted the wine and they asked me for wood. So I gave them wood. And I, and I feel so happy of it because I feel that it's a way of, of, of going all together for, for making a better area and for making a better Penedès. So, so yes, I think that, that soon new wines of, of, of this grape are going to come and I hope someday Penedès would be also known for, for the Carignans because it's Mediterranean, but it, Penedès is also a place for it. Fantastic. Any questions about this wine from anyone here? We can also ask questions at the end, but I figured while well, it's in our glasses. Okay, cool. Um, so William has gone on record to say that he would look for Carignan Gris over Carignan Blanc if he could, but right now we're looking at Carignan Noir and we're looking at a carbonic Carignan. So tell us a little bit about the origin of this wine and um, why you approached it in this way. And I'll sure. pour it for everyone else. Uh, so we do Carignan now two ways. For a while we did rosé. When we first got Carignan, um, we went from uh, two tons to working with about five to ten tons. And at the first vintage, I just made 100% regular red Carignan, and I realized it was going to take us two years to sell it at this size. And so what else could we do with, with the grape? <clears throat> It was, this was back in 2017. We were starting to see a lot of Nouveau and car carbonic wines coming on the marketplace in California, and most of them were pretty horrible. <laughs> so 
I was I bought a lot of them and talked to people and I tried to figure out where they were going wrong. I'm not an expert on carbonic. And so we just did a science project that has turned into the most successful version of this. And the goal was, what I learned quickly was the word carbonic is fairly widely misused. It's become a popular term and wines that are whole cluster will refer to as carbonic. You can argue with me later if you want. Uh, we're not going to do it now, but it's not. The carbonic maceration is an environment where you remove all the oxygen and you force the fermentation to start strictly by the enzyme inside the grape. And so to do that, um, we're not a sophisticated winery. We don't ferment anything in tanks. So we take the grapes directly from the vineyard, don't destem them, which is important because you, you don't want juice, you want dry grapes. Lower them in a variety of small one-ton variable capacity tanks, which are meant to hold juice, not grapes. Um, layer them with dry ice and then gas the bottom. There's a valve at the bottom. We take argon, a heavy gas. Same thing when we do in sparge. When we bottle, we sparge. Push out all the oxygen and these lids are completely sealable. Um, put a fermentation bung on them because they produce a tiny amount of CO2, but not very much. And then we don't touch it for two and a half weeks. And then talking to my peers, like, oh, we open it up every day and we, we pour juice over and we do this and we do that. And like, it was really nail biting as a winemaker to not open something for two and a half weeks, right? It's against our instinct. Every day we want to taste and smell and touch. But that was, that was the key. And when you open the tank up in two and a half weeks, we finally got one VC that had a door. It didn't make any difference. You open the door, the clusters have not broken down whatsoever. They've all expanded. They look like they're pregnant. Um, and so the beauty of it is you've got a sealed vessel, right, with no air, and you've got a ton of grapes and they're basically sealed grape bubbles. And so all the juice is fermenting in two and a half weeks, only about 15%. And so all the aromas and the esters that would usually be just blowing off and volatizing in the air, they're all trapped in there. And so you get this... Uh, original idea was going to pour our regular Carignan next to our Carbo because they're so different. The color's different, the flavors are different. And I think some of these more rustic varieties like Carignan, Zinfandel, Syrah, do a better carbonic than, heaven forbid, the traditional Gamay Beaujolais. You're not getting that bubblegummy kind of flavor that you can get, depending on that, because you've kind of got a more rustic grape and you're releasing the really beautiful aromatics that, that Carignan can have. Um, this is the least favorite wine to make at the winery. When it's done in two and a half weeks, we open up the stainless steel tanks. Uh, the one that has a door doesn't work because the grapes are so intact. Like usually when you, when you open up a tank door and you ferment in, the grapes have turned to mush. So you open up the door and out comes a flood. So nothing falls out. So we basically spend the entire day bucketing out five tons of grapes in five gallon buckets, passing them out to the people, trying not to asphyxiate while we, while we get them and load them into the press. It, uh, Lorenzo, my assistant winemaker, hates carbonic Carignan Day. Um, but the result is one of our most widely loved, popular. It's a clear glass, chillable red. We don't mean for you to age it. Our regular Carignan, we bottle age two to three years before we release. And um, it's been really fun. I love this wine. This has been one of my favorite wines since I tried it two years ago. And it's named after your kitten, yes? Wiley. We didn't talk about it, but we have a farm, in, or maybe I did, I can't remember, I've got long COVID. Um, we have, this is true, we have a farm with 17 animals, dogs, cats, animals, goats, and they all have their own various labels, and this has our first cat ever, Wiley, there's a little caricature of him on the back. So, we have two indoor-outdoor kitties that kill all the gophers in my vineyard, so they, they get extra treats when they kill gophers. So remind me, what was the first vintage of this wine again? Uh, I started regular, regular Carignan in 2013, but I didn't introduce Carbonic until 
2018, and I just did 35 cases that year just to try it. This is pretty common. We, every year I make something new. I do about 17 wines a year. And so if it works great, we wrap up production. If it doesn't, we kill it. So we were doing about 300, 400 cases a year. Uh, as I was explaining earlier, we were hit. The North Coast had a 75% loss of Carignan in California. There was none to be found anywhere. These are all dry farmed old vine vineyards and dry farming doesn't mean you, you don't need water, it just means you don't add water. So without, with, and with the soil types here that are clay that don't um, hold soil as well, water as well, and the roots can't go down as far. Uh, it's, it's the, the one issue that we have with this is Carignan's gonna be, have to plant it in areas of more sandy soils and other places as well that have better water retention. Have you seen more Carignan coming out of the North Coast or from Sonoma in general? What, nobody's planting anymore, but what is now that the natural wine movement has gone from a fad to, to mainstream, um, it's, a, it's a very popular grape in this, this circle. And, you know, in, in California, we have hundreds of new small wineries and winemakers because of Custom Crush all making small tonnage lots. And everybody wants, everybody wants Carignan. Mm -hmm. And why is it that Carignan has become so popular in these types of circles, like among the natural organic biodynamic set? I think it's an easy grape to work with. It's one that, um, you know, its reputation for years was it was used for blending because it brought color to the table and acidity. So it is a grape that you can, you can let ripen more. This vineyard, we can't get it past 21 bricks or 21% sugar, um, which is all I want anyway. But as it gets riper, unlike other varieties, it will retain its acidity um, as, as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it's actually very viable. I've used it in blending in with Grenache Syrah Movedra before, which is kind of untraditional. But the, my best vintage of my blend was the year that I put some, some Carignan in it. So the, the hard question, which do you prefer, the carbonic or the traditional Carignan that you make? It depends on the vintage. Okay, what about this vintage? <laughs> uh, this vintage, I like the I like the regular Carignan better, but um, which is funny because the public has actually liked this vintage of the Carbonic more than anyone I've ever made, and I like it. It's a little less crunchy this year, mm -hmm. uh, I, and I like the crunchiness. But I think um, by far and away, this has been the most responsive to of any vintage we've made. Fantastic. But I, I got bad news for you. I make the wine, so it's going back to being crunchy. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like a crunchy wine, so it's good. Um, so, any questions from anyone here about this wine? Yeah, so you seal the lung in two weeks, and you press off, and it's just juice fermentation from rum? Yeah, so that's a good, I didn't finish, so I should have clarified. So it, it, it only ferments a, in two and a half weeks about 15%, which is one of the reasons why we don't die from CS2 asphyxiation when we're taking the grapes out. And so we press it off the skins, uh, we bucket it out, load it in the press, press it off the skins, right back to the same stainless steel variable capacity tanks. Um, this is the only wine I've made in 13 years, including rosé that never sees any wood whatsoever. Um, and for those pundits who don't believe in native yeast, which trust me, in California, you're still a witch in half the state if you use native yeast. Um, this is a grapes that went from a vineyard, sealed in a tank, to a press and back out. And in that three hours, three to six hours of ambient air is all it needs to finish native yeast and native malloc. So it finishes both. Yeah, yeah. So the whole it's a whole cluster pressed in. The juice is eighty percent sweet. It goes. It picks up native yeast ambiently in the winery. Our winery has never had any fermentations in it until we started the building in twenty fifteen. Um, so we know we have a true native yeast. There's never been a 
you get shot if you bring yeast packets into my winery. <laughs> <laughs> no sourdough during the pandemic at your winery. Um, yeah. And so then we just... Uh, Car- Carignan is the most sediment-heavy grape I've ever worked with. So we used to rack it twice, and we'd have a purple plug like this. In our, in our, so now we rack it typically three times, and it still will be pretty um, uh, pretty chunky, but it's fine. It's yeast cells, it's B, it's B vitamins, it's good for you. Any other questions? Yeah. Argon is that so we keep argon and nitrogen in the winery. Argon is the heaviest gas there is, so it does the best suppression. Yeah, yeah. Let it blow for five minutes, then seal it. And in the event, it doesn't happen very often because it's usually not a good thing. But in the event one of the lids fails in the tank, um, we reseal it. But at that point, you only need air. It's it's that's usually going to ferment a lot more aggressively. One time we just and that's why we do as many small tanks as we can. Um, also not to depress the berries because we don't want them to crush their own weight off. We want dry berries in there. Any others? Do you guys like it? <laughs> Very fruity. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> No, so we do three canned sparkling wines, and this wine is the magic juice for, um, I'll take off my shirt later, I've got the Bucking Luna. So we do a canned sparkling red um, that has our baby donkey Luna kicking the Trump and the coronavirus in the face. <laughs> and sorry if there's any Trumpies in here, but hey. Um, and so the, the, Bucking, the Bucking Luna, the, the secret sauce is this wine. So we, we retain some of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're welcome. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Um, and now we're going over to Roussillon, or French Catalonia, as you called it. Um, will you tell us a little bit more about this wine and, and the creation of this wine? Yes. Then here you will have, you have two, two reds, because I have not a lot of samples with me, bottles. Then we will, you will have um, a young wines, 21. Yes, it's a direct... For the for the vat, on granite soil, it's the vines are twelve years old, and um, yes, more and more I try. I'm in a place it's five hundred meters high, and it gives granite and the altitude gives a very good freshness. And uh, this year in twenty one we have a good year. We can uh, we can uh, wait for harvest because the freshness we have a big Icard uh, night and, and day temperature and uh, then the, the tannins has a good uh, maturity <clears throat> then in, in, in this one we can make the I try to make all the aging in concrete vat, concrete round and it is of course very thick and very well uh, closed but it's, it makes a breath, this, uh, this type of uh, vat. In, in, uh, it's very different than in uh, stainless, for instance. Then it is infusion. Wines, the vines are distemmed, and it's only infusion, very simple. 
Thank you. Very simple vinification. Uh, it's a great. We have uh, we, we for all the, the I work on ten hectares, and for all the the domain, we don't uh, fertilize, but only we plant some cereals, some uh, some plants between the vines to have more life, more insects, and to to get the monoculture. All around the vines, we have a lot of uh, garriga, uh, oak tree, green. A lot around. So then I, I I like to maintain most of natural environment around the vines and uh, and we have some some vintage are very sim simple and in in twenty one we can uh, can work very uh, freely. Just uh, it's a grape, you know. It's a grape. Just no extraction. Very few. Uh, Intervention of the wine, quite no, nothing. <laughs> yes, just this is lovely. It's very a, fresh. It's very simple. Very. Um, it it is high, fresh. We have a north wind. Very very. Uh, you know where is Roussillon situated? It's very mm -hmm. south of France. Next next Catalonia, France. And uh, with the altitude and the soil, we can have this freshness. Mm -hmm. Yes. You work within cooler. Um, parts of Roussillon, yes? Yes, the altitude makes a lot, mm -hmm. and the north wind too, yes, it is. And, and uh, as my colleague Estelle Gagnon uh, have a good acidity, of mm -hmm. course, really. <laughs> and this is a part of the world in which Carignan has been historically important as well as now, yes? Uh, yes, this is, I, I place uh, in our area, uh, before there is uh, vines only on the very slope, mm -hmm. very, very slope, and we see if you see the, the landscape, it's uh, the old vines were uh, on very very, very my English is like steep. Steep. <laughs> and now the vines a moment uh, were everywhere flat, mm -hmm. but before on the flat there is uh, animal cereals. It's where it's where more mixed right. and there is a, a cooperative system which put vines every flat place. Mm -hmm. This is a high plate and there were no vines before a time. But now it is mixed. We have a lot of garrig, some vines, some cereals, some animals. Mm -hmm. You can to be more more balanced. Mm -hmm. Not only vines. In the, Absolutely. Yeah, of course. How have attitudes around this grape variety changed in your region over time? How have um, you know the mentalities or the approach to Carignan changed in Roussillon over time? Um, the, the approach of Roussillon in the Roussillon or my domain? Uh, in the region in general? Yes. Yeah. Uh, with cooperative system, it was the worst because the, the, the plants with um, normally Canyon is very well and very cool soil and with a lot of rock and you, you cannot attend uh, big yield. Mm -hmm. It's very good to, to, to keep to keep it uh, uh, a little uh, yeah, cool and they have to to find the water themselves with the roots. Mm 
Mm -hmm. And the system with irrigation, etc., it's, it's no sense, totally no sense. If you produce too much, you will have a very um, aqua, aqua wine, mm. <laughs> or a lot of sickness, you know. Yeah. And then we have some concentration, and also it is um, uh, concentration, and your, your vine is uh, able to find the water itself and very resistant with uh, dryness. Dryness, mm -hmm. if we have. Because in our place we can have uh, hot, but it's not so crazy, but hot, dry, right. and in the winter, cold too. Mm -hmm. yes, we, we have the two, yes. But Extremes. And yes, it's, if you have big yield, taste is not the same, and also the vine is not so uh, uh, strong. Right. Yes, to find uh, the water, to find its food. Right. Food. That makes sense. Yes. Shall I pour your second wine oh, here? Yes, please. Yes. It's very different. The second is um, a 17. It is all vines here. All vines in nice soil. It was granite soil. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about working with old vines for this? Um... This, these vines? Yeah. yeah. Then in, in this, these bottles, the name is Frontierer. It's a 17. Um, you have... Um, Old vines planted in uh, the oldest place are planted in 19, and we have some in uh, 1954 and some in 1978. And 17 was uh, vintage, very rapid. Often we have, uh, you know, the, the vines, we have the, the start buds, the buds start around the 1st of April in our area, about, and and uh, uh, and this year it arrived three weeks ago. It's very very without the climate totally changing because we have some steps very very precise: the buds, the flower, the veraison, and you have the, the vines change totally. You have some stage very important, and then we we start. It starts three weeks earlier than usual. And um, and we have to run uh, <laughs> all the time after the vines, and it, it was it was very very uh, quick and uh, it was like a race. And uh, finally, I harvest very very early. Usually, I all Gagnon I harvest around end of September, and in, in seventeen uh, I harvest very early. And now it is very long to open itself. <laughs> I have some. It's not for me the my favorite uh, uh, frontierer. Yes, all all was very uh, healthy, but we have. Uh, it, it it yes, it is uh, all Carignan, perhaps a little close yet. But yes, you have the. Normally, it's very terroir wine. Yeah, these wines are very different. As we can see, do you think it will open up a bit more over time? Sure. 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 Perhaps it needs years more, you know? Mm -hmm. But the juice is, uh, is, cl is clean too, fresh. Yes, it's, it's quite full too. Yes, absolutely. 
So I think we've seen several different styles of carignan here, and we've talked a little bit about, you know, why especially natural and organic and biodynamic winemakers love carignan. Do you think that we'll see more carignan and a more varied style of carignan in the future? Anyone can go, whoever would like to. Yeah, well, I, I think that we will have that, basically because we've got a global problem, which is the warming up. And I think that Carignan is, 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 a, is a grip. Uh, I think that it's... Maybe what I will say, it's not making sense, but it, it's a grip made for this problem because it's really having the skills for, for being adapted to, to, to this, unfortunately, actuality that, that, that we are having. Because of, I mean, I think it's rusticity makes bottle potential, makes makes the skills that the grip has to 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 age good, and also fo- focusing on on the one that I know, this acidity is 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 a treasure that that we have, and I think that Carignan uh, will be important. It's important, but will be a bit more in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great point. Any other thoughts on the topic? Or Ferran sums it up well. Yes. <laughs> Any questions from the group on um, both the Revi wines and on, on anything that we've tried today? Everyone's just so happy with tasting everything. Yeah, of course. Canyon, for me, as I agree, it's also middle tannin. It's not very big tannin. Right. And the problem is to, uh, it's, I'm very, uh, why it is so sublime. And uh, he makes uh, perhaps in two, five or more years will be so uh, sublime. Yours. And uh, to, to have a carbonic uh, canyon is, is not very uh, usual. No. <laughs> and, it's, and, and yours is so fresh. And, but we have uh, some rusticity, it's more reductive. Mm-hmm. And yes. We have to, to, to play on, uh, yes. But in our place, we have, uh, it was, in Italy, they, they keep uh, a lot of old grapes. Mm-hmm. In France, the system, the cooperative system, not um, put out a lot of white grapes, mm-hmm. which have, uh, it's good with also little yield and uh, some condition. Mm-hmm. And more and more people are interested in and then we have a, a beautiful diversity. More. Again. That's a great point. What is it about Carignan that makes it work so well with so many different styles? Obviously, all the wines we tried are very different today. Is it a matter of adapting to terroir, of being very flexible with the winemaking process? I, I think in part it's because it's a grape that has retains its acidity as, mm-hmm. it, as it ripens. So it gives you a lot of tools right there. Like you couldn't make a fresh carbonic carignan with a variety that had, I mean, this is six, 6.8 grams per liter of acidity. That's quite high. But then the, the, the nature of the grape, the rustic nature, rounds it out and, and completes it. So it, it gives a winemaker a lot of tools. If you want to make a big extracted wine, and there are plenty of examples of that, you know, it'll give you that. If you want to make it fresh and bright, that's a 2017 that, made that still as fresh as can be and that's because of the acidity it just it gives you so many tools i think we're just starting to explore the possibilities um you don't see much carignan rosé for example it's another Mm -hmm. another great example that that i've dabbled with but hasn't been done and then getting uh, i've i've seen but don't have carignan gris in the languedoc which 
I'm obsessed with grayskin varieties. <laughs> I want to get some. <laughs> I don't have any. I have to come steal some. <laughs> so watch what he brings back in his carry-on the next time he flies over. You know? Carry-on, carry-on. Yeah. <laughs> anything else to add on anything that we've talked about today on why you love working with Carignan? Anything that everyone here should know? For, for me, it's a real uh, challenge because it's about uh, rustic too. There is some rusticity, mm -hmm. but we can find some uh, delicateness too, and it's our work to to, to find this uh, yes, this finesse. Yes, it is. Great. Fantastic. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to our growers for sharing their wonderful wines. Drink more Carignan. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>